You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto Podcast, where you'll learn advanced strategies, tactics, and tips for actually selling your music. If you'd like to learn more music marketing strategies, then go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com. That's musicmarketingmanifesto.com. And sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. Now, here's your host, John Ojaka. All right, yeah, John Ojaka here, and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about sponsorships. We're going to talk about you know what they are, how they work, and how you can go about approaching different companies if you're interested in trying to land one of these sponsorships for your music or band. Um, but more specifically, we're going to be talking with James Book. James is someone that uh, we, we ran in, in some of the same circles in Hollywood back in the day when we were out there really hustling our music. Uh, James uh, was the bass player in uh, the band that many of you will no doubt remember called The Flies. They uh, sold, I believe it was millions of records. They had a huge hit at the very least called Got You. That was Got You Where I Want You. That was the big, big hook. I can't, I have not been able to stop singing it. Um, I'll I'll spare you all (laughs) listening right now, but uh, I have not been able to stop singing it since we I recorded this interview. It's it's really stuck in my head, and was it was a great song um, from back in the day. But James has since gone on to become the VP of marketing over at Ninkasi Brewing. Ninkasi is a really renowned and respected uh, craft brewery. Definitely worth checking out if you're not already familiar with them. Uh, I'm personally a big fan. And what has really piqued my interest is what they're doing with independent artists. Really under, I I suppose, James's um, vision or leadership or whatever the right way of articulating that is. Uh, They've gone, they're they're going out there and, and one of the main and primary thrusts of their marketing is to team up with independent artists who are out there touring and really active in some of the circles where they'd like to see their beer, their brand uh, get get more recognition, and they are offering sponsorships. They're uh, they've got their own recording studio there at the brewery. Uh, they're uh, often recording bands. They are offer offering tour support in many instances. And uh, as James will tell you, they've got a, a lot of different ways that they potentially support bands. And in exchange, the bands uh, support them. They get their logos on perhaps their albums, perhaps their tour buses. And again, it's it's different in every case, as James will explain. But it's sort of a win-win for both uh, band and company. And and that, in a nutshell, is how sponsorships work. Um, but again, I think, I think that they're doing some really cool things. And I thought, who better to learn from uh, than someone who is actually responsible for, for sponsoring bands? So that's what we're going to be discussing today. A, a, a quick note before we jump into this, as is often the case with these interviews, especially when uh, we are communicating across the planet and using Skype. <clears throat> um, there are there are a few audio issues with this uh, interview. Nothing major, but the odd uh, little glitch here or there. Uh, so my apologies in advance for that. All the content is there, and anything that was um, totally glebed out. Um, and yes, I just I just said glebe. I'm making up. I'm 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 calling that word now glebe. Uh, that's when uh, the the um, internet or Skype in particular does that weird little digital um, squawk and completely garbles what you're trying to say. And and there are a few of those in this interview. So my apologies um, in advance for for that. But uh, again, the content is great. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy the interview. So um, without further ado, I've got James Book on the line with me. James, how how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's really good to have you. Obviously, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about sponsorships today. 
Um, but James, why don't you why don't you go into your backstory? Because James is someone who uh, we kind of ran in the same circles back in the day. We we knew some people in common, and James reached out recently, and we kind of reconnected. He was in a band that I was a big fan of uh, back back some time ago called The Flies. A lot of you, if you don't remember the name, you'd certainly certainly remember the song. It was a big hit, and uh, I got to say, if if nothing else, it's pretty cool to have someone <laughs> on the podcast that had Katie Holmes in their music video. That was that was uh, that brought me back when I was checking out the. Uh, music video the other day to I had completely forgot about that uh, um, you want to tell folks about your your experience you know leading up to where you are today in the music industry and uh, your background and how it led to um, top secret productions and your relationship with Ninkasi and all that you're, you're doing with uh, sponsorships sure it's a long and sorted tale it's not, it's not that long actually <laughs> but uh, yeah as you said um, we ran in some of the same circles back in the day. Uh, I went to Los Angeles in 1988, and it was kind of at the end of the, the Sun Strip heyday, if you will. So I got to experience some of that when I was still in my 20s, and uh, that was fun. You know, a couple record deals later, I uh, played in a little bit of success called Mozart. We were self, self-prescribed uh, opera rock. That's what we were. Um, but we were able to uh, attract a record deal with EMI SBK, and they hooked us up with Roy Thomas Baker, who, of course, produced Queen Journey and um, you know, Foreigner and others and some of those 70s kind of super bands. So that was a really good opportunity to learn how to record. Um, and no one knew it yet. With, with digital just around the corner, um, I was lucky enough to be able to take that knowledge and kind of move into um, a career that you're recording. So, um, the, the Flies piece, if you will, that was actually the, one of probably the shortest part of my music career. Oh, really? Um, in, in about 20 years, I think the Flies, yeah, yeah, the Flies was about six of 20 years in the business. So, gotcha. uh, as you said, we got to do do some cool stuff, make some videos, be on MTV, and, uh, you know, get to play on Conan and do all those sort of things that you did back in the 90s. But it was basically uh, sold half a million records and no one got paid but the label, that old story. <laughs> so, that was fun. Sure, right. Uh, yeah, uh, well, one of the things I I came to appreciate was um, a all those tours to Europe that they were that we were doing. I was learning about beer and I didn't know it. Uh, I always loved it, but it right. wasn't something I was um, you know expert in at that time by any stretch. Uh, now being in the beer business, and I'll get to that. Um, you know, I was able to take that knowledge forward as well. The other thing, I, the second thing was uh, most important thing is being having our the value of having someone help me out back then was immense and any band out there can probably attest to the fact that no one really wants to help you you got to do it all for yourself so what I've applied to our marketing strategies here at Ninkasi Brewing Company has been um, I think these bands are really excited about someone saying hey let's for a mutual partnership, we're not trying to recoup on anything we give you. Uh, it's marketing for us if we can form a mutually amicable kind of a relationship. So some of the things we can talk about later are what we're doing in that front. But, um, yeah, mu- the music experience was great. I still play. I still record uh, probably five or more albums a year in our studio here at the brewery for our partner artists. And But more than anything, it was a chance to learn um, a whole bunch of really cool stuff that I was able to take forward into um, basically a second chapter in my life and in my career. 
Sure, sure. And those second chapters, that, that's, a, that's a big um, common theme in the independent music industry. I know I've, I'm going through that myself. And those second chapters, I think, tend to be a lot better once you're looking back from this perspective than, than those first chapters. They're, they're a little bit of fun, I suppose, the first ones, but they're, they're usually fraught with confusion and a lot less control once you sort of figure things out. And uh, in my experience, get a better handle on the business and the marketing side of things. Um, Things start to look a lot a lot better, um, but anyway, <laughs> um, so the, let's kind of bridge that gap. You're 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 a bass player. You've uh, done quite a lot. Uh, you've put out a lot of records, as you mentioned, toured the world. Um, you played in, and again, you know, I focus on it because I was a fan of the band. But the Flies, they had a that really big hit, "Got You Where I Want You," uh, and then something happened, uh, and you are now doing marketing for Ninkasi Brewing, which is my other favorite passion in, in this life, which is <laughs> which is craft beer. Um, so, how did that happen, and and how did you go from rock star to marketing guy for a beer company? Well, I think as as artists, we're all marketers, whether it's intuitively and kind of just sort of by osmosis or it's intentional. You know, we all wanted, we all want success when we're, we want our music to sell and we want to be brought to the masses if we can. And so in that sense, we're all marketers in music to begin with. So it was kind of a natural transition and the beer piece was another passion of more than a few, more than a few musicians I know. But, right. um, you know, the craft explosion that's happening now, um, sort of the northwest where I live up here in Oregon, it, it was really fertile ground for um, being able to have you know, ingredients. And essentially, when I left Hollywood uh, eight years ago, uh, I, I made a pact to come up here and make beer and make babies. And, <laughs> and you know, the, with the ingredients being here and the quality of life that's here, it just kind of worked out that way. Right, right. Yeah, something goes hand in hand about that. Every so, um, time I, I think I'm settling down in life, I start um, getting into making beer. I don't know what that connection is, but but yeah. But anyway, go on. Yeah, so, you know, beer's, beer, you know, even the name Ninkasi, we named our brewery for, Ninkasi is the goddess of fermentation for the Sumerians. The Sumerian is, uh, culture and civilization is what we mark as the beginning of modern history. You know, it's we went from being hunter-gatherers and started making these populations, and they found out they needed to ferment alcohol to create potable water. And beer back then was the same as it is now. It was, a, it, you know, it was food, it was currency, it was enjoyment for people, and breweries became so important that they had literally goddesses that they and gods that they worshipped to aspects of brewing, and Ninkasi was the goddess of fermentation. So that importance for the brewery is, uh, you know, it gave way, they had the first written language that gave way to education and basically the building blocks for culture and, and certainly music is a big part of that. So I think beer is a central theme for all um, happy, happy civilizations and, you know, happy people or extremely depressed people in some cases can make great art and great music. Right. Um, so being able to, you know, string that into what, what we're passionate about up here with the, the you know, the, on the music front has been fun. Um, we work with about 40 bands, uh, sponsoring bands and, and partnering with bands has been by default, just kind of part of our marketing approach, if you will. Having been in LA in the nineties, I was not knowing it at the time, but I was elbow to elbow with guys like Shepard Ferry and Kinko's on Vine in Hollywood in the middle of the night and, right. you know, putting your stickers around and, 
thinking about ways to get your, your brand or your logo in front of people um, beyond just the traditional gigs and tours that you're going to do. Um, you know, back then we were making our own ads for BAM magazine and all that stuff and putting our stickers around and doing that sort of thing. So I naturally took that approach to how I marketed our brand here uh, in Oregon. Uh, and that gave way to kind of rekindling some of my relationships with music folks and certainly with local bands here in the Northwest. And we, it's simple. It's like we want to live up to our core purpose, which is perpetuate better living. We want to enable them uh, and give value to them and, and mostly – and every uh, uh, organization or, you know, we work with a lot of nonprofits as well, but basically we want to give value to our consumers and to our employees, certainly, and to our partners in the areas where we do business. So what that looks like on the music front is essentially, you know, with our studio here at the brewery, we can record them, produce them, whatever it takes, or just give them access. And then we've been pretty big on pressing vinyl for them and, you know, provided they put our logo on the back somewhere small. Uh, put our lo- put our logo on their tour van or on their bus, and that gives us impressions when they they're out on the road or when they pull into Coachella or whatever they're, wherever they're going to play. Um, you know, it's so much better than buying billboards to be able to do what you like and align yourself with um, some great artists that you believe in, and, and and along the way help them reach their goals as well. Gotcha, gotcha. If you don't mind, if we could back up a little bit, um, I think everything you're saying is awesome. But I think I think to sort of connect the dots for some of the people listening, I, I, I want to start with a story that you were telling me when we were chatting the other day, just about how you were out there really hustling with your own music or your own bands. I think it was, was it your stuff or was it uh, with your label? I, I don't actually recall. But you were using beer to promote the bands, and then Ninkasi came along and sort of said, "Well, you know, instead of using." beer to promote bands why don't you use beer to promote uh beer and that is what ultimately led to this marriage between um music and ninkasi and and really your relationship with them is that right you want to kind of go go back to that because i think that that'll set us up nicely to talk about sponsorships and how they can ultimately help musicians sure sorry yeah it's a it's a very uh multifaceted story (laughs) yeah yeah um so essentially when i came up to oregon I, I, when I, I didn't really have a lot going on other than my ability to record pretty well. Um, I was running a studio in, in Los Angeles, um, and when I left, I sold off half of it and basically bought my house for uh, my wife and I. We have a, a kid now, but we basically bought my house sight unseen. Mm-hmm. Um, she picked it out, so to speak, but I came right. up here. I bought just enough equipment to be able to travel around and record uh, mobily. Mm-hmm. So I had that little piece of business going. Um, I also started a clothing and I had a surfboard company that I was partnered in with a partner of mine down in Southern California. So the, uh, the beer piece of it, I started, I was, I was a home brewer by hobby and I was trying at one point to start up a small brewery, but was kind of stuck in the legal aspects of that at the time. Sure. So what it ended up happening was these beers that we were making, we were, I was ending, I was able to take some beer to, when I was going to see my accounts and visit these surf shops. I found out that if I brought in beer and we basically hung out for a little while and tried these beers, I could turn an order for maybe, you know, 10 boards over the course of a year into like 10 orders of 10 boards and a contract for the year and all because of beer and 
which is it, it, that points back to the reason beer was made in the first place. It just makes life a lot better. For sure. um, doesn't matter what you apply it to, except for maybe driving. Right. It really helps <laughs> it makes to bring life people together. A lot better. It makes whatever you're doing better. Right. Certainly. Yeah. It really it helps. It does. To bring... and, and, uh, Sorry, we've got that classic wonderful Skype delay here going on, folks. Uh, go on, James. Oh, that's okay. Sorry, I'll try not to be so long-winded. Not but the uh, yeah, beer brings people together. And beer kind of lubricates the situation and um, and makes people a little more apt to listen or, in that example, um, you know, dig a little deeper and write a little bit bigger check, which is nice um, when you're trying to keep your business of your of your brand afloat. Right, <clears throat> right. So, so you were doing this stuff. You're promoting your your clothing company, which, by the way, we had a little digital blurb there, and uh, that word got cut out. But he, he had mentioned that he had a clothing company, and uh, we, of course, heard about your uh, surfboard company and and this sort of quasi brewery. You're doing all of this, um, using beer to get people interested in these other things that you're you're promoting, and then presumably because of whatever relationship uh, you had with Nikasi, they saw what you were doing and said, "Hey, why don't you?" Uh, kind of reverse this and come over here and uh, start working with us. But you brought a lot of that interest in those relationships you had in the music world with you and started doing these cross promotions, which is really your area of specialty. Is, is that not right? That's correct. And the, the, to just to touch on the clothing store, um, we would have our new inventory parties and we would we would bring beer into these parties and help us sell more inventory uh, right. basically in one night. And due to that, I wasn't able to make enough of my own beer to kind of drive the marketing aspects of, of all these endeavors. So I approached Ninkasi and they started helping us with beer in their first year and they were really small at the time and um they eventually uh, approached me and said hey uh the original story is actually quite funny i don't know if i told you previously john but we they, they approached me and they wanted to start a recording studio before they started taking off and i said sounds great and two weeks later they're like you know what that was a great idea. Let's table that. Um, but in the meantime, why don't you come and be our marketing and how about marketing beer instead of all these other things you're doing? Right. So as a guy who was, you know, had a bunch of irons in the fire to basically try to figure out what I was going to do after my six months of money I'd saved up to pay my mortgage on my new house was mm-hmm. going to work out. You know, it was kind of like dream come true. So Right. To cut to now, we well actually about two years ago, we 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 did build that studio in our third expansion. We're now on our second studio in our fifth expansion over here at the brewery, and wow. it kind of like comes full circle and it's opened up a whole bunch of opportunities for us to um, support our artists. And uh, where all that's going, we can talk to you next. Talk uh, speak to you next, but uh, yeah, that's that's how it all kind of started. It's just kind of a kind of a winding path, but. Luckily, we have beer. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I want to come back to that and talk about these studios because it sounds like a very unique situation. You, you've got this hi- this weird hybrid of you know it's uh, of beer and rock and roll all sort of happening in the same place, which you know certainly is. Uh, I think it's safe to say is not happening over at Budweiser. Um, but uh, but let's let's talk about sponsorships <laughs> because that's again really your area of expertise and that's how you, from what I understand, per our conversation. That's really how you are going about marketing and Kasi is using music and using your relationships with these bands and this cross promotion to get the word out about the beer. So let's just start at the beginning and talk about what what is a sponsorship? How, how can an artist benefit from getting a sponsorship and what's in it for the, the company? Why would they want to sponsor a band? Right. Great questions. A sponsorship is, is basically... 
a partnership. A sponsorship isn't, um, you know, we give you money and that's the end of the of the relationship. Um, a lot of artists tend to think that way, unfortunately. Um, I've probably been guilty of it myself when I was coming up. But you think, hey, my music's great. I should be paid for this. And that is true at a root level, but really a sponsorship and, and a formalized agreement where we describe what value we'll provide for you is required depending on the state the artist lives in, especially in the U.S. It's required by law that there's an agreement of what value equal or greater that we receive from them. So it's really important when you have your discussions with whoever your sponsor might be to, to really think about what you want first and foremost. Have a plan for your career. Don't just go in and say, I'd like you to sponsor me. And that's, and that's it. You know, just give me some, basically your right. hands out at that point. And, um, uh, as, as the, your music marketing manifesto, that's kind of one of the rules is like, have a plan for yourself, right? Don't just expect it to happen automatically. Sure. Um, not to, yeah, not to paraphrase you too, too heavily there. No, but, no. Um, with that though, so Dan, say again, sorry. Uh, oh, no, no. I was just, uh, I was, I was saying by no means, um, go on. Yeah. The delay again. So yeah, yep. that, we're, we're around the world. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so these the bands that do come to us and have a plan for themselves, and that, there's also some other criteria. Do we like them? Are they? Do we think they're they're good music? Which is completely you know subjective, of course. But we we have some specific tastes internally here at the, at the brewery. We have to like them. They have to have a plan for themselves, and most of all, they have to be um, you know what, put it mildly polite people. You know, we don't really sure. want to work with people that we don't want to work with. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So with those criteria, Criteria in mind, start to look at. Hey, this, this, do these bands tour, or is this a guy that that stays in his studio all you know all year and not really get out and reach too many people in, in person? Because again, beer being a social thing, that um, we can't benefit from the reach of an artist if they don't have any reach. Right. Um, basically, though, once we kind of meet with um, mutual kind of amicable terms about what we'll do for them and what we ask them to do for us, and then what at what declared value. Um, we can and say, all right, we have an agreement and we can kind of, you know, handshake or sign off or whatever with each other and kind of go through the year together and, and, and execute, so to speak. And at the end of the year, we review and see how we did uh, your year for moving forward with some artists. But basically, the, the values we can offer are uh, pressing albums, you know, recording albums. It's, recording time is less valuable probably nowadays with the advent of digital and everybody doing a lot themselves, but there's still a lot of artists that can benefit from coming in and having access to make an album for themselves so they can go then go out and sell right. to support their goals. Um, but being able to press the album, that's usually pretty valuable for a band. And again, we'll press the album and put our, you know, put our logo somewhere small on the back. We ask that they do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can provide, we can provide tour support. You know, if you're if you're going down, you got a tour down the West Coast and you're gonna need gas money and those sorts of things. When I was in the music business, if you took tour support for a bus or for gas, you got billed for it. And you didn't. And a lot of times, like us, we didn't even know that until after we were billed for it. So that's pretty valuable to artists. We're able to provide printing. Um, we have an in-house um, art department, so we can you know crank out posters and those, these kinds of things. Uh, we sell a lot of T-shirts in the beer business, so the the um, the, uh, the cost for us is quite low, but the value we can can be high. So we can co-brand T-shirts where maybe the band is on the front of the shirt, and then our logo is really small up on the neckline or something. We're not trying to, you know, exploit, um, but we are trying to, you know, have a partnership and get some branding out of it. Sure. Um, you know, uh, 
branding the tour buses I mentioned or the vans. That's just great advertisement. It's going to be driving up and down the highways and pulling into some high exposure concerts, hopefully, depending on who, who we sponsor. Mm-hmm. And as well as some of the smaller bands we sponsor, which can be more valuable to us when they're parked in front of the club that we wish would sell our beer. If they park the van that has an Nkasi brand on it, they go in, um, maybe say something nice about us on the mic. Organically, of course, we don't ask for any kind of lip service, like contractually. Right. But um, And then if they can share some, some of our beer with their um, friends and fans, hopefully we can get a little bit of recognition in what might be a new market or a new, what, what we call an account, a bar for us where they're mm-hmm. playing. Right. And, you know, hopefully the bar, and will, bar owner will say, hey, this band's awesome. They brought in some, um, you know, the tickets and the excitement and coffee support in them. I'm going to put in coffee on tap, that sort of thing. So it's basically um, just to connect the dots kind of uh, situation where we're trying to create awareness and then drive it all the way through to the point of our selling our beer. So did you say there the bands will actually be given beer and they'll they'll be asked to bring it in and share it with the bar staff? Is that did I miss that? No, you know, we can't legally um, have them act as our um, Reps, you know, entity, right. I guess, mm-hmm. to do that on the brewery's behalf. So when we give them beer, it's for them. I mean, right. by, all, by all means, it's personal use only. Sure. And in some states, we can't even give them beer. So they tend, they tend to come through uh, Oregon where we can and grab it here at the brewery when they're on tour. Right. But with that, we know it gets shared. We don't know what they're doing with it out there as long as, as, long as they're not knowingly breaking the law. They can share beer, their, their own beer with whoever they're want sure um but we can't have them bring beer into the bar but you know if they're if they're staying at a fan's house um, because they're on the road and that's how it can be sometimes when you're coming up the beer is going to get uh, shared in, cer- in certain circles and um the word can get spread pretty quickly that way. right right yeah I, I was part of one tour with a band uh I, w- I didn't have the sponsorship it was the band i was uh opening up for had a sponsorship with a brewery and they uh there was quite a lot of love for that beer in the room you know we were all drinking it uh and you know these so uh, uh, beer and uh, just social behavior kind of go hand in hand when we're drinking it. Other people are buying it and we're talking about it. And uh, I'm sure, you know, while it was only one night out of many, I'm sure it helped make yet one more impression for that brewery on the on the bartender or bar manager. Because, again, there was just sort of a lot of love for that brewery going around that night. Nothing was organized or official. It just was taking place in the room organically. Um, but so... I understand. And again, just to sort of paint this clearly for everybody. So it sounds like you're saying basically that rather than going out and spending money on, say, traditional print advertising or even online advertising, at least as it pertains to these cross promotions that you guys run, the idea here is to put some money and resources behind some bands who really need it and almost take the place of a uh, well, really, you're giving them all the tools and resources, at, at least in some scenarios, that they would need to kind of run their own label aside from the manpower. Uh, you're giving them the recording, you're giving them the shirt, you're giving them potentially tour support and all those things that are cost prohibitive for a lot of independent artists. All they have to do is go out and put those tools to use. And in exchange, you're getting these little tastemakers going around in into the bars um, and, and making leaving leaving a mark for Ninkasi uh, in their wake. Is that the basic idea? That's the idea, and, and we do tailor our sponsorships based on who the artist is and what their needs are. We don't like you know give a one sure. size fits all kind of 
offer up to everybody, but it's completely true. We, I mean, if we took out a billboard and put our logo or a, maybe a picture of our beer next to a, a picture of a band, that's not going to really resonate with consumers. But if we found that if we can, again, per our core purpose, if we can perpetuate the better living of these artists and help them help themselves in our beers, what happens, people can live, literally sample our beer in many circumstances based on what happens out there in the world um, as a result of our alignment with the band. And so, you know, what these fans think about their band, and I mean, think about it, how, how much do you love the bands that you love? It's a lot. I mean, people really care about music. So if, if we can be aligned with all that passion or be aligned with the band at the discovery phase is even better when somebody finds their new favorite band. Well, well if Ninkasi can be right there too, it's just really powerful. And then in the end, you can't taste or smell that billboard, but you can, if you can share a beer that you discovered um, from one of these artists in a, in a real like personal setting, it's, it's just the most powerful and, and authentic marketing there is. It's not, you almost can't call it marketing. It's, it's, right. uh, it's just really good campaigning. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 really grassroots. I'm I'm sort of almost surprised to hear that a company has embraced it um, so so completely. And you know, one of the things that I talk about a lot is tribe and and how when it comes to marketing music, people are not interested in another track, no matter how great it is. I mean, of course, that's part of the equation, but it, it's not just about the song. It, it's about the tribe. It's about we align ourselves to um, musicians much in the way, uh, you know, for very different reasons, but much in a similar way that we align ourselves to maybe sports or something like that. We get very loyal and, and we define ourselves uh, in many senses uh, along the same lines that we define the artists that we like by holding, you know, raising our flag and saying, Hey, I'm a fan of David Bowie or whatever the case may be. Uh, we are sort of saying that we are a member of a particular tribe, a particular lifestyle, a particular philosophy. And beer is very much, uh, I think the same thing. We have this loyalty to the brand of beer that we, we drink, uh, much like we have a loyalty to a sports team or something like that, because it defines us. And so that makes a lot of sense, I think, going and uh, finding these other things. Not only are you out, are these bands out there in the bars, which is exactly where you need your beer to be, but uh, it's a very uh, tribe-oriented culture that is um, hopefully, you know, when as they see their favorite bands uh, aligned with a particular product, it will influence or potentially influence their choice to align with that product, with that brand of beer. So that's pretty uh, interesting. Now, is this kind of marketing, is this solely what Ninkasi is doing? I'm sure it's not solely, but is this the main crux the, or the main thrust of your marketing? Is this kind of grassroots um, marketing or, or is it just a part, a, a small part of a bigger marketing campaign that you have in place? It's the biggest part. I mean, wow. we have a program called Beer is Love. Um, where we where we donate product and sometimes services or maybe a little bit of cash depending to uh, nonprofit entities in the areas where we operate and again serves our core purpose but it's kind of the same thing as we're doing for bands we're just customizing our support for what they need um, the, the the cause marketing piece and the sponsorship piece it's I think it's been so powerful because I think in, you know my history in music is different than the executive maybe at Budweiser who's trying to buy his way onto the Bud Music Tour or whatever the case may be not to knock what they do but sure. it's just a different experience for consumers sure. and you're, I totally agree 
about the tribe aspect. The the you know the, it's the experiences that we have together as people that matter. And with that, you know what what's trying to be sold? It's the lowest common denominator is that it's good. I mean, I don't think this would work if the product was bad. If the, the music's not not there, um, the most powerful tribe in the in the world might go, to, uh, you know, so far. But I don't know if it's going to be a lasting kind of relationship between what what's being sold and the consumer. So the quality has to be there, has sure. to be, you know, up to snuff. And then the um, what happens in that tribe and within those um, kind of relations between uh, these within these groups is it's what's so important. Right, right. It's amazing to imagine, you know, the, and again, I'm making a few presumptions here, but um, from what little I know, the average mar- the average brewery's uh, marketing department, you know, I'm picturing desks full of uh, uh, spreadsheets and and uh, artwork and uh, Rolodexes, whereas your marketing department is more or less a recording studio, or now two recording studios. That's so left the center and so unique. Is there any uh, one else out there that's doing anything like this, or any other breweries that are that focused on music? I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely look at spreadsheets during the day. I got I got twelve, <laughs> sure. you know, staff on my on my team here. And, you know, some people are doing the PR stuff. Some people are doing the outreach stuff to community. We have our designers, but I'm at the mixing console at night and uh, and looking at spreadsheets during the day. So right. it's awesome. definitely a, a a symbiotic kind of uh, schizophrenia where I'm jumping between left and right brain all day. Right. Right. Well, if nothing else, that's a reason for everyone listening to check out um, Ninkasi. That's a lot of love coming to the independent uh, music industry. But um, let's talk about how to how to go about getting a sponsorship. Now, obviously, you're just one company, and uh, you know there are only so many artists you can get involved with. But what uh, someone listening, let's say this is the first time, it's probably not the first time they've been introduced to the concept of a sponsorship, but maybe this something in this conversation is sparking an interest, and they're thinking, you know, hey, yeah, I, I should really go out and see if I can find a sponsorship. This would be a great way to get that tour support or that album budget uh, that I need to get my music out there. Where do they start? Let's just to say that they've never considered doing this before. Uh, they've got a band, they're performing, um, they've got songs, maybe they've released an album, maybe they haven't. What do they do? How do they go? How does a band properly go about trying to get a sponsorship, whether it's obviously with you or another company? Um, I think the first... Sure. The first thing is again have have your 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 goals in mind and have your at least some semblance of a plan for how you um, are going to attain them. Uh, that framework is what any partner is going to need to plug it, themselves into. So, um, you know, if you if you come and say I'm looking for sponsors, it's like okay, I'm going to be waiting to tell to hear what you tell me. If you don't, if you haven't thought it passed through past that. Uh, are that we help are not very high because I don't know what I can do for you. Right. So if you have if you have some sort of it can be you know just a few bullet points proposal. If it's an email or you know if you if you put a call in and you have a quick pitch for um, what you're trying to achieve. Um, you know, the person that has their own agenda, speaking for myself, you know, I know what I want for our partners, and, but I, I, I have to have partners that will allow that me to get to that point with them. So a nice little framework for your plan. And then with that, um, you know, don't expect your sponsor to be with all the ideas for how to reach your, help you reach your goals. Try to have a few ideas that maybe together you can um, sort of collaborate on how, how you can uh, morph some ideas into mutual, mutually beneficial kind of actions. Uh, but yeah, basically the, the plan is the main thing. Right. 
<clears throat> right. I think I think you said this earlier in the conversation. I think you used the sentence helping artists help themselves. And I think that's uh, really important here beyond just sponsorships, just getting out there in the world and trying to succeed in general. I think that you're right. A lot of artists come to the table just kind of going, hey, I make music. I need I need help or I want to be famous or, you know, I, I want to get a record deal or whatever the case may be. And there there really is. And it's not really always artists fault that that uh the the fault of artists but that's how the industry traditionally did work you just made music and people were eventually attracted to you that would go and hold your hand and take you out and to the world and your job was to just be an artist and you had a manager to sort of deal with everything else and a record label to do the marketing and and that's just really i mean it still exists but it's not it it that's not in this environment anything that uh, i think an artist can have really much hope of uh, it's not a very successful strategy you're going to have you have literally i've done the math you have a better chance a, a far greater chance of being struck by lightning than having success um, going that route it, it was an old few years old uh, statistic but it was something whatever year it was i was looking at like I think four or five new artists went gold and that same year, something like 30 people were struck and killed by lightning. It's actually far greater if you just look at people struck by lightning. So, you know, that's a, that's a poor way wow. to go, go about it. Uh, yeah, you're, it's, it's a dismal, it's a dismal, <laughs> it's a dismal uh, playing field. This is not an easy business to be in. However, if you start thinking like a business, and this is where I think a lot of creative minds kind of go, huh? <laughs> you know, they don't really want to put on the business hat. They just want to be rock stars and make the music and are too cool for, you know, the business side of things. Not, not my audience in general. Thank God. I think, I think we got some really smart people here listening who are really keen on all of the business stuff, but the average musician out there is focused on making art and not so much the business. But I think, I think you need to know what you're trying to do and be, beyond just making good music, you coming to the table, like you said, saying, Hey, I've got a plan. I have got my record pressed. Even even something as simple as I've got my record pressed. I've got a small advertising budget. I'm going to promote. Um, I'm going to use Facebook advertising to promote shows and up and down the West Coast. I just need the money to get into those venues. Could you help with that? And in exchange, I'll you know be happy to give promotion to your company in the various ways that you described. Something like that makes it makes it so much easier for that person to say sure you've got a plan it, you're just plugging in to something else instead of needing to do all the hand holding because nobody wants to hold your hand even the record labels you know they they don't want to go and develop any artists anymore they want to have somebody come to the table who's already selling product who's already got their market defined and just put a little bit more money behind that artist and and i think people miss that you know and and i think you spelled it pretty well you're there to help artists or spelled it out pretty well. You're you're there to help artists help themselves, but if they come to the table just saying, "Hey, how can you help me?" They're not going to get very far. A hundred percent. And I I think you you nailed it when you said end of the old model. You know, it, just last night I was watching an old Charlie Brown episode from like 1968 with my daughter, and I was thinking, "Wow, how come so much of that you know mid-century stuff we call it now is still around?" Right. Whereas stuff comes out today on like in a poof, and I think it's because back then when the industry controlled the distribution and the manufacture of the product due to their, you know, back then you couldn't, not anyone could just record or distribute records. I think, uh, I think that it raised the bar for uh, what quality got through at, at inception and therefore all that stuff stayed around, you know, or right. most of it, you know, whereas right. today, um, 
with digital and with the web, anyone can make the content, anyone can distribute it. So the odds that you know, there's no filter, in other words, which is awesome in a lot of respects, and probably most respects, that we have such access to anything in the universe in, in any instant. Right. It's pretty awesome. But at the same time, if you're going to want, if you're going to rise to the surface, qualitatively speaking, um, you've got to have a plan for how you're going to do it because there's a whole bunch of uh, good, every kind of product up there, whether it's uh, you know music or any element of art or beer. I mean, there's a lot of goodness out there. So yeah. how you get to where you want to go is becomes vital in terms of what strength you have and what you have, and you can go out and, and kind of backfill with support and, and um, find the right partners to help you get there. Right. Yeah, I, I think we're in an awkward phase of the music industry in the sense that while most people realize that the music industry has changed and we all pay a lot of lip service to that fact, we still all came up we, in an era where there were real rock stars, you know, that were created by those old traditional distribution channels um, that were that were very clogged and you know very limited. Um, and so while we can conceptually understand the fact that we need to do things differently, we still all have this model in our head of what a rock star is. And so to some degree, we're still holding on to this idea that it's somehow going to be we're going to catch some wind in our sail and suddenly succeed in that traditional way. But I think the next generation will really see the music industry very differently. And and it is going to be, uh, uh, you're much more going to have, uh, you're going to be much more a jack of all trades. And I think you're going to go into it, understanding that you need to have that skill set as a business person and a marketer to some degree, as opposed to just a songwriter. It's 100%. I, I firmly believe whether it's a record company or any other partner that you're looking for as an agency, um, you got to consider guys guys like me are sitting out here just dying to have the right partners knock on our door, you know, the ones with right. the plans and so on. I mean, and imagine what resources we can share with you. We, you know, th- this happened this week. Uh, uh, we sponsor some some like extreme kayak guys. And we went and poured samples of beer at the kayak convention out in Salt Lake City. Uh, we hooked up with Jack's Kayaks, which is in that realm. And they connected us to their filmmaker production team who make who make content for, for Universal Sports. And they make content for cable that goes all over the world, seen by millions of people. They said, hey, um, your beer was great. Yeah, uh, we, we heard about your music program. Do you have any bands that you can send our way that might want their music in some of our productions? And I just put that out to our bands and boom and um, those sort of resources are they're everywhere I mean sure. um, what we can offer is is we, we haven't even thought of all the ideas yet but the amount of um, kind of mutually kind of symbiotic um, support we can give to, for our partners and receive from them is, is pretty much unlimited and I think bands we've not started to tap into that yet um, there's a lot of businesses out there that need them and, and we're just sitting here waiting Right, right. Well, I, I think we can kind of start to wrap up. But before we do that, you know, you spelled out what somebody needs to basically be bringing to the table. But let's talk about the mechanics of it a little bit. So I'm a musician sitting in Los Angeles, or wherever I am, and uh, I, I want to do this. And I understand that I need to kind of have a proposition. But how do I present that? Do I just pick up the phone? Do I put a letter together? Uh, do I need spreadsheets and a business plan? Like how formal is something like this? Is it is it really going to come down to personal relationships? Should I be looking within my 
uh, own community uh, of friends and friends of friends uh, for for companies that I think might be able to benefit from what I can bring to the table. Like, how how do I do this? Do I you know pull out a Word document and start typing, or do I just pick up the phone and start talking? Yeah, a little of all of it. I think definitely start in your own backyard. Speaking for our brand, um, not it's not like this for every brand, but for us, we really really want the people that approach us to almost you know like what we're doing first if you don't really like our beer i can tell when you call me right. if you're not like a, a beer fan so that's right. a big piece of it that authentic authenticity um you know it's it's always way better to to work with the artist directly so you can build an authentic relationship but some mm-hmm. are, some bands as they get bigger they have you know working with their managers becomes just a, a logistical necessity so that's mm-hmm. fine too it depends on the situation but start in your own backyard who do you know that's doing what you know who's a successful um uh, business in your own community that you can reach out and possibly help them. You know, we do uh, we do our block party every year here in Eugene, and you know it would cost a lot of money to hire 50 bands, but if we can sponsor up within our sponsorships, get a performance for free from them. Mm-hmm. It's, it, there's so much you can offer with your music just by being able to give a concert or being able to put, you know, your partner's logo at your website. Um, depends on what the product is. You know, it doesn't plug in easily to anything. I think that like consumables though are like a common denominator with humans, you know, sure. while, I, whereas, you know, you might craft cheese logo at your website, you know, a beer sponsor or a spirit sponsor, a local distillery, those sorts of things, they want to be aligned with what you're doing. And yeah, like you said, just give them a call or shoot them an email. Um, you know, like the bulk emails, just trying to reach out for whatever you can get. I tend to filter those out. Um, but if someone calls me or stops by the brewery or, um, you know, if it's a band that I'm going to see, I might reach out to them, you know, right. while I'm watching them. So I'm definitely looking for certain artists, but I'm also receptive to um, getting communications come in from the outside in as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think I think listening to you talk, it's really just important for everybody to be thinking about what's in it for them and some of the things that come to my mind. And I'm sure you can speak to it a, a bit better. But you know, think about these companies that can benefit from having a voice out there in bars, in in concert environments, uh, on the road, and think about uh, venues that have a hard time with traditional advertising, which is alcohol and tobacco, if you want to go that route, uh, and things like that, that that are limited in terms of where they can advertise. There are a lot of restrictions. Um, and so, again, something like beer lends itself perfectly. Obviously, there are other, other companies, but I think that's probably why we do see so many sort of alcohol and tobacco companies, and even probably uh, back when it was a little more popular, poker and things like that, because, again, there th- there's a wide appeal, but they can't just always advertise on Facebook or Google or whatever the case may be. Um, any other advice you can offer in terms of really thinking about the whole what's in it for them aspect of things? Yeah. I mean, if you if you have a, a fan base or, you know, I'm always looking at how many likes people have on Facebook and so on, seeing how, you know, see if they're trending, so to speak, or how right. popular they already are. Mm-hmm. If you have a fan base or even more to even more value, if you have a tour booked, if you've got 90 days of dates you're about to go hit, that, that is so valuable to, to – we look for that. I mean, we'd love to get our logo going up and down the freeway on your, on your van. We, you know, we even provide magnets for that. And, um, but you can start smaller. If you live in a small town, I mean, you could, put, you could give like a stack of download cards to your local pizza place right. and, and ha- ask them to put them in the boxes when they deliver in exchange for you'll put their logo and phone number to order pizza at your website. I mean, it's that simple. Right, right. I mean, there's no scale to this. I mean, you can start 
instantly, you know, and there's, you can make new customers instantly. They're out there. Sure. One thing that comes to my mind because I'm so focused on email marketing is dedicate one email that goes out to your fans, offer that to the potential sponsor that, Hey, I'll send out an email in my autoresponder series uh, so that everybody who signs up at some point is just going to get a informative blog post or, uh, or email just mentioning the fact that they get a lot of help from this company. And if they're interested, they should check them out. One thing that comes about, I don't know if you've dug into this, James, but um, I use Facebook graph search a lot to do sort of market research and really tap into the, my ideal fan and find other marketing uh, angles. And uh, one thing that comes to my mind, again, just kind of listening to this conversation unfold, is what you could do is if you have a Facebook following, you, you could type in, you go to, a lot of people aren't even familiar with Facebook graph search, but it's Facebook's relatively new uh, search engine that unlike Google that looks for content, uh, Facebook's graph search looks for connections. So yeah, I don't think it's still in beta. I'm not sure. Uh, I signed up back when it was in beta. But if you just Google Facebook graph search, it may still be in beta, in which case you just sign up and a few days later you'll get invited. Uh, but you can type in these search queries like uh, and you can get very detailed. So you could type in pay, uh, pages that uh, Facebook will help you with the language. I can never remember exactly how they like it worded, but you could type in something like uh, pages that people who like uh, James' book also like. Uh, again, I think Facebook will correct your language there. I don't think that's the exact sentence structure. But suddenly you're going to see pages, the, the, the pages that your fan base um, have in common. And so that may give you ideas. You can, you can go and you may find, uh, I found this w once doing my own name and found tattoo sites kept coming up and I recently got some tattoos. I didn't have any at the time. So this was interesting to me because I didn't have any personal connections with tattoos at the time, but clearly my fan base being a sort of rockabilly country kind of crowd, they did. And so this would be a perfect angle for me to go and approach tattoo companies saying, Hey, my fan base tends to be very uh, interested in tattoos. I'm going to be on tour. I could use a little tour support in exchange. I'll give you uh, this kind of exposure or I'm going to be doing a month of residencies in your town. You know, why don't we work out some kind of a cross promotion? And so using something like Facebook graph search could be a really interesting way of drilling into your fan base, figuring out what they're interested in, giving you some ideas of companies to approach. Have you have you messed with Facebook graph search at all? Um, I haven't, but I know the our gal who does our social uh, networking has talked a little bit about that to me. Right. Um, I wrote that down. I'm like, look how we hang up. Yeah, yeah. You you guys. Yeah, that's can a great do idea. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna mention another story. Uh, the singers and the flies. We talked about the flies and the music stuff right. earlier, but uh, they they were uh, one of, one of their brothers. They're in, they're in a kind of a famous surfing family um, called uh, the Pasquitz family. And there's an actually film called Surfwise about them. But anyways, they one of the brothers was involved in a company called Black Flies Eyewear in the 90s. Yeah, I and they sponsored a bunch of unknowns. Yeah, at the time we were one of the unknowns they sponsored. They sponsored Sublime and other unknown bands at the time. And, right. But they did the same thing. They they went out before they even had a product. They went out and put their stickers of their brand everywhere, just black fly stickers mm -hmm. within the surf community. And then um, they're like, well, what are we? How are we going to monetize this? And they started making sunglasses because sunglasses are cool or whatever. And then they started giving their sunglasses to us and some other bands, Sublime and some other bands. And to us, we were like. This is great. We'll go around, and when we were on tour, we were able to go into snow shops and surf shops and sell this, this eyewear for cash on the spot and literally support ourselves. So they were definitely at the front end of all that. Wow. And, so, um, so they had a brand before they even had a product? 
Yeah, that's my understanding. Wow. And I know a lot of other brands in, in Southern California. It was kind of the 90s Orange County thing was like market your brand and then come up with the T-shirt or the product or whatever you're going to sell. But kind of as a secondary thing once you had the, the, the traction for your brand. I love but, it. Um, I love it. But I was speak, telling that. Yeah, yeah. That story kind of speaks to the point you just made, though. It's like the... That was that was right for sort of for kind of a surf kind of outdoor band like we were in the flies and uh, you know sunglasses company fit right in there and you know find these people um, you know you can use the tools you described online or or just basically look in your own backyard first and then just start working your way outward. Right. Well, great stuff. Um, I, I really appreciate you sharing your your perspective. You're probably going to get bombarded by a lot of <laughs> musicians looking for sponsorships after this. Um, but I think you guys have. You know, I, I I do love your beer. It's hard for me to get out here in New Zealand where I'm living at the moment, but I have actually got it through an importer, and I've had the the oatmeal stout, which I I, I dug quite a lot, and I know you guys certainly by reputation, which is um, top notch. So it's it's been great to talk with you. I think again. It's it, I, I need to get out there because it just sounds so interesting. This this I, I, it sounds like a fantastic place to work. This uh, amalgam of rock and roll and and beer all on the same under the same roof is is pretty cool. So um, I appreciate you um, you know being here on the call. How can people connect with you if, or, or find out more about Minkasi for that fact if, uh, for for that matter rather if they're if they're uh, yeah interested in some good beer or wanting to connect with you personally about uh, music. Um, don't connect with me on our Facebook page because I probably won't see it for, for a long time, but definitely check out, uh, if you want to, go to NinkasiBrewing.com. It's our homepage. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to connect with me personally, I just moved my little production company and record company uh, onto Facebook. Uh, it's it's uh, TopSecretProductions.net. We'll traffic there. You can just go right to the, my old URL. It will take you there. And uh, having done this, I don't have very many likes yet, so hopefully I will get bombarded. Yeah, uh, but yeah. if you want to connect me, you can reach me there or at topsecretrecords.net, topsecretproductions.net, and uh, definitely um, shoot any proposals my way. We're really interested in West Coast uh, North American bands uh, right now. Uh, we have some expansion going on in, in Western states, and we're looking for more partners. So I look forward to hearing from everybody. Awesome, awesome. Well, check them out, uh, Ninkasi Brewing and James Book uh, over at Top Secret Productions. Thanks very much, James. Really appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks. All right. Once again, that was James Book. Uh, A big thank you to James for joining us on the podcast and sharing all of that information about sponsorships. If you'd like to learn more about James and all that he's doing and all that he discussed on the show, uh, well, I've got a couple of links for you. Uh, For starters, if you're a fan of craft beer, be sure to check out Ninkasi Brewing. That's NinkasiBrewing.com. They're making great uh, beer. If you're a fan of craft beer, they're absolutely worth checking out. Uh, If you'd like to learn more about Top Secret Productions and Top Secret Records, then you can do so at Top secretproductions.net and topsecretrecords.net. Those are the production companies and record companies that James was mentioning during the show. So uh, again, thank you all for listening. If you'd like to learn more music marketing strategies like those discussed here in this episode, then be sure to head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com. That's musicmarketingmanifesto.com and you can sign up for a free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. The Music Marketing Blueprint is a, uh, it's approximately 40 minute uh, video 
presentation about some of the direct-to-fan or more, more precisely direct response marketing strategies that I specifically teach over on the site. And once you sign up for that uh, presentation, you'll get the occasional uh, email update about future podcast episodes, blog posts, and things of that nature. So again, check it out. And, and once more, thanks for listening. And again, thank you to James for joining us on the podcast. All right, take care, and hopefully I'll see you over on the site. Thanks for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto Podcast with John Ojaka. If you'd like to learn more music marketing strategies, then go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com. That's musicmarketingmanifesto.com. And sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint.